Should a follower of Jesus ever go into any kind of financial debt whatsoever under any circumstances? We're going to talk about that today and a lot more on BibleStudyPodcasts.org, starting now. Hello, everybody, and welcome once again. You are listening to BibleStudyPodcasts.org. Today is Monday, February the 28th of 2011, and as always, I'm your host, Toby Logsdon. Thank you guys so much for downloading this message today. We're blessed to have you here with us. We're going to be covering the next verse in our study on Romans. This will be Romans chapter 13, verse 8. So if you have your Bibles with you, go ahead and turn to Romans chapter 13, verse 8. We're going to get started with that here in just a moment. Hope you guys are having a fantastic week so far. Uh, man, it's been so cold here in, in Linwood. Uh, to me, anyway, it's felt so cold. Um, the the dampness in the air up here is something that uh, is going to take a little bit of getting used to, but I think I'm getting there. Uh, it, it just takes a little bit of getting used to, just like any other climate. I know that back in Arkansas right now, they're like somewhere between 60 and 70 degrees, and here we are, we're in, in the 30s every day. <laughs> So that's just the way it is sometimes. But uh, man, I am really enjoying my time up here. Uh, I feel like our ministry here has enormous potential. And one of the things I wanted to come to you guys today with and, and ask you guys for uh, for prayer is this coming Saturday, we're going to be starting up a new, a new program here um, for Saturday nights. We're going to have like a live Q&A session on Saturday nights, every Saturday night here. So if you're in the Seattle area, uh, and I know that many of you are, if you're in the Seattle area and you want to ask questions or you just want to be there and uh, see what kind of questions come up, uh, 6.30, on Saturday evenings here at Linwood Evangelical Free Church. We're going to be just taking uh, whatever questions get brought up. And uh, yeah, I just put it out on our little uh, sign out front so people driving by uh, will know that this coming Saturday we'll have this Q&A thing. And you know, it's one of those things, I'm not saying that I have all the answers, but if nothing else, uh, it opens up dialogue, and it gives me a chance to pray for them, uh, and they'll be able to be within earshot of my prayers for them. So uh, it's really going to be kind of an informal thing. It's not a church service, uh, so that shouldn't intimidate anybody who has maybe never been to church. So yeah, if I could just have you guys praying for me this week and uh, praying for anybody in the community who drives by and sees our, our little board out front and um, you know is maybe interested, maybe has some questions. Uh, that God would be drawing them and using the Holy Spirit to uh, to be convicting them and, and uh, plowing that ground and getting it ready. So anyway, real quick before we get started, I did want to remind you guys that between now and the end of March, everybody who makes any size donation at all is going to get uh, one or two of these window stickers that I've got for BibleStudyPodcasts.org. Uh, this is, uh, it's not a huge sticker, it's about, I don't know, maybe four inches tall by uh, two or three inches across, something like that. It's it's not huge. It, I think that's probably bigger than it actually is. Um, but yeah, it's it's clear and it's got uh, the logo for Bible Study Podcasts on it. And uh, it got put in a box when we moved away from North Carolina. 
I thought that we had given them all away. My, uh, apparently, my wife packed them up. Uh, she's better at packing than I am. Praise the Lord for that. I, I'm very thankful for that. But apparently, they got packed away, and I didn't realize that we had any more. And when we got here to Washington State, uh, I unpacked it and thought, wow, I, I had no idea that we had these. So anyway, anybody who makes any size donation at all to support our ministry between now and the end of March is going to get one or two of these sent to you. Uh, you can go to our website, uh, www.biblestudypodcasts.org, and on the right-hand side, you can click on the support button, or you can uh, find the, the address for the church there, and you can send uh, a check or money order through, uh, through the mail and uh, get it to us that way. Whatever works better for you. Also, I did want to say, I, I do realize that our website has been down, uh, so it may be a little bit difficult for you to get to our support page. And if that's the case, uh, go ahead and drop me an email, cleanslate.ministries at hotmail.com, and I can send you a link that'll get you in kind of the back door. For some reason, our front page uh, has not been loading properly every time. So if you're having that problem, email me. I can send you a link to get in kind of through a back door. So anyway, let's go ahead and get started with our lesson today with a quick word of prayer. God, we thank you so much that your word is so relevant today. And Lord, we realize that uh, that finances are a major issue. And uh, over the last couple of years, Lord, we have seen how dangerous finances can be when they are abused. And I pray, Lord, that today your word would teach us how to be wiser with our finances so that we can glorify you and be free to glorify you with our lives and the way we live our lives for you. In Jesus' name, amen. Well, the economic crash from a few years ago is still pretty fresh in our minds, right? I mean, there are still neighborhoods pretty much uh, all over America that are filled with homes that have been foreclosed on. Now, for those of us who maybe didn't grow up in the midst of the Great Depression or uh, weren't really old enough to understand what was going on in the 70s when there was a little bit of a crunch, the financial situation in this country over the past couple of years has been, it's been crazy and it's been downright scary. Uh, you know, people losing their jobs, people losing their homes, losing their life savings and their investments. These are all things that once seemed so rare and so, uh, so far away from our culture, from where we are. But today, however, uh, you know, seeing these types of things would be fairly common. The economic crash revealed something significant about our culture. It revealed that there's a serious addiction to debt. And I thought I'd start off this lesson by just throwing some statistics out there for us to all chew on, and we'll just go ahead and take it from there. Uh, for example, did you know that consumer debt exceeds the national debt? Uh, did you know that the American population owes more than $6.7 trillion in household debt? Did you know that the average American family spends 90% of its disposable income on debt services? And did you know that the American personal savings rate, get this, this one's, this one's crazy. Did you know that the American personal savings rate has decreased from nearly 8.5% in the early 80s to less than zero today? And here's the real staggering one, for me anyway, the real staggering one. Did you know that the amount that lenders collect in late dues or late fees has risen from $1.7 billion in 1996 to $7.3 billion last year? I mean, it's, it's sickening, really, isn't it? 
I mean, technology is great, and it's enabled us to do some amazing things. One of those things is eliminating the the necessity of carrying cash, uh, and that's not necessarily a bad thing. But like anything else, if it's abused, it can become a huge problem. And obviously, debt has become a major problem in our culture. The Bible tells us, however, that there's nothing new under the sun. So it shouldn't be too surprising to us then that debt, in one form or another, is an issue that has existed almost as long as people have walked the face of the planet. So with that being said, it also shouldn't surprise us too much that Paul would have a thing or two to say about the issue. Now, in the previous chapter, chapter 12, Paul gave us a picture of what a transformed life looks like. And as he transitioned into this chapter, he discussed the issue of submitting to the governmental authorities, which includes the issue of paying taxes. That's kind of what we've been talking about the past couple of weeks. Paul's conclusion then was simple. It was that we can't or we shouldn't refuse to pay taxes to support the government. The argument that we're citizens of the kingdom and not of this world isn't a legitimate reason not to pay taxes. So we can't refuse to support the government by paying taxes. And we saw that the reason for that included the fact that God has established or ordained every governing authority. And so thus, by submitting to them, submitting to these governing authorities, we're actually submitting to God. And that if we do what's expected of us, there's a greater chance of us living a trouble-free, peaceful life. If we're imprisoned, for example, our, our ministry just won't be as widespread or as free as it will be if we're in good standing with the authorities and therefore living outside of prison walls instead of inside of prison walls. Now, Paul's not finished talking about the issue of finances, however. Someone might have said, okay, Paul, so we're supposed to pay our taxes, great, but what about our debt? Are we supposed to pay those? Well, Paul sees this one coming, apparently, so he continues writing in Romans chapter 13, verse 8, owe nothing to anyone except to love one another, for he who loves his neighbor has fulfilled the law. So the principle here if you want to just boil it down here, the principle is that we're supposed to keep ourselves in good standing with the governing authorities. We should also strive to keep ourselves in good standing with our creditors as well, whether they be financial or a bank or a neighbor or what have you. Now, the issue of debt was actually a very significant issue in the first century. Uh, historians have demonstrated that a little bit more than half of the Roman Empire, maybe even more than that, uh, lived in slavery. We should note, by the way, uh, that that type of slavery is vastly different than the type of slavery that was once practiced in America. Uh, in ancient Rome, if you got yourself into debt and you weren't able to, to pay it off, you didn't file bankruptcy. You became the slave of the person you owed until you had worked off to pay that debt off. Now, this was a problem that more than half of the citizens of the Roman Empire struggled with, and historians have further noted that during the reign of Emperor Tiberius Claudius in the first century, there were more than three slaves for every free man, and that there were more than 20 million slaves who lived in the territory of Italy alone. Now, of course, it wouldn't be unreasonable to conclude then that this means that Paul's audience was probably not only surrounded by people who were deep in debt, but many of the people that Paul is writing to here were also in debt. Many of them were probably slaves. Now, as we look at the history of Israel, 
we see that God warned the Israelites time after time to avoid being indebted to other nations. In Deuteronomy chapter 15, verse 6, God instructs Israel saying, you shall lend to many nations, but you shall not borrow. And he repeats this instruction in Deuteronomy chapter 28, verse 12, you shall lend to many nations, but you shall not borrow. And Jesus actually repeats a a similar command to his own followers. As he's giving the Sermon on the Mount in the book of Matthew, he instructs his followers, give to him who asks of you and do not turn away from him who wants to borrow from you. That's from Matthew chapter 5, verse 42. So what we see here is that Jesus wants us to be financially freed up to the point where we're able to give freely or lend without prejudice. So why is the issue of financial debt so important to God? It's because when we're indebted to someone, we actually enter into a relationship in which they own a piece of us, in a sense. And God is always calling us as followers of Jesus, to give more of ourselves to him. We aren't able to freely do that if others own us. And this is what Solomon articulates in Proverbs chapter 22, verse 7, where he writes, the rich rules over the poor, and the borrower becomes the lender's slave. Again, that's Proverbs chapter 22, verse 7. We'd be wise to note, however, that the Bible never says that it's a sin to be in debt. Just to make that perfectly clear for all of us, the Bible never says that debt is always a sin. It doesn't necessarily have to be. Although when you take a step back and you look at the addiction to debt that many people have, it's clear that it can be a sin. Debt, like so many things, is a tool that can be used for good or for evil. Let me explain the difference. Uh, One of the first things that I came to realize when I was living on my own for the first time, living in a a rented apartment, was that the money that I was spending each and every month uh, on my rent was money that I was just kissing goodbye. I would never, ever see that money come back to me, not even a penny of it. It all went to the landlord, right, who, who owned the apartment complex. Well, what my wife and I realized as we rented out an apartment when we first got married was that a mortgage would involve us paying less money every month than paying rent was. And as long as we were able to bring in more money than we were paying out, getting the mortgage and buying a house was a wiser plan. And so therefore, we went ahead and bought a house, which is a situation in which you're more committed for the long term, yes, uh, more more committed than renting. But with owning a house, it's not like we were throwing our money uh, into a financial black hole, which would never allow us to recover a penny of what we'd put into it. Uh, Even though this put us into a huge amount of debt, relatively speaking, it was manageable. And we had the ability to pay what was owed each and every month. And so thus, this wasn't sin. Rather, it was an issue of good stewardship with the resources that the Lord had blessed my wife and me with. On the other hand, what we've seen with the financial crisis of the past few years is that a lot of people had bought homes, had got themselves into these homes that they really couldn't afford. Instead of locking up an interest rate which guaranteed that the amount due on the mortgage each and every month would remain the same for 20 years or 30 years or however long you know they, they set the mortgage to be, people were getting loans uh, known as ARMS, uh, adjustable rate mortgages. Now under these loans, these adjustable rate mortgages, the payments for the first couple of years would be guaranteed to be low, and those payments would stay low after the first couple of years, but only if the interest rates stayed low. However, 
interest rates did not stay low. Instead, they skyrocketed. And as interest rates shot through the roof, the payments on these loans shot up accordingly. And all of a sudden, the people who had used these adjustable rate mortgages to buy their homes were unable to afford their monthly payments because the interest was huge. And it caused the amount due for their monthly payments to increase drastically. And so thus, the first domino fell and set off a series of financially catastrophic events because as soon as the payments started increasing, a lot of people started taking out second mortgages against the principal that they'd already invested in their homes. At the same time, however, homes were foreclosing, thus forcing down the value of homes, which eliminated the capital available to those who were taking out those second mortgages. This was a major catastrophe going on because now those people had two mortgages that they were unable to afford and they were forced to foreclose on their homes as well and thus the cycle continued now the principle that almost always makes the difference get this this is the important part the the principle that makes the difference between a wise investment which requires debt and an unwise investment which requires debt is greed Sure, there are exceptions to that principle. I understand that. Uh, unforeseen and unforeseeable things do happen to people which cause them to uh, to lose their jobs or lose their homes for whatever reason. You know, I, I understand that. Uh, that's not what I'm talking about. Uh, that's not what happened to most of the people who lost their homes in the financial crisis here in America. Analysts had been saying for years that interest rates couldn't stay low forever and that they were bound to rise sooner than later. See, this was a foreseeable disaster. But greed, greed caused people to look at the short-term benefits of getting into a house that they couldn't afford rather than the long-term consequences of their decisions. But did this lack of foresight indicate greed? Well, not necessarily. I, I understand. But usually the answer is yes. Living beyond one's means is never a wise plan. The problem is that we see things and we want them regardless of whether we can afford them and regardless of the fact that it might take time for us to, uh, to save money, to sacrifice. See, the Lord's call to the follower of Jesus is always to find satisfaction in him rather than in the things of this world. It's this desire that lies behind the commandment not to covet that which belongs to someone else. We shouldn't be concerned with the things that our neighbors have. It's not a competition. We shouldn't be trying to keep up with or to outdo the Joneses. The question is, are we trusting the Lord to provide for our needs, not our wants? Are we trusting the Lord to provide for our needs? He's promised that he'll do that. He'll provide for our needs, but not for our greed. Now, some will say, uh, in closing here, before we close, I do want to address uh, an objection that people would have to this passage. Some might say that Paul is teaching that we shouldn't enter into any kind of financial debt. However, the context of this verse renders that interpretation, I think, kind of incorrect or impossible even. In the previous verse, Paul urged his audience to give a person or an institution what's owed to them. And here he's saying that we shouldn't owe anything to anyone. So is there a contradiction? Well, there's only a contradiction if this verse were interpreted to mean that no type of debt should ever be owed under any circumstances. The principle here is just that we shouldn't owe so much that we're completely and inescapably tied up by it. 
Further, the tense of the verb o here in this uh, in this verse is present tense and indicates something that's continual or ongoing. In other words, we shouldn't allow ourselves to be in debt indefinitely. We should have a plan in place for paying something back within a reasonable amount of time. And that requires wisdom and discipline on our behalf. It means that instead of debt having this stranglehold on us, we should have a hold on our debt so that it's not controlling us, we're controlling it. But Paul's instruction here doesn't apply exclusively to financial debt. He's referring to any kind of debt. He's referring to anything that anyone might be owed. Again, in the previous verse, we saw that Paul instructed us to render to all what is due to them, whether that be respect, honor, money, tax, or or what have you. The only debt he tells us that we should ever feel like we're unable to pay off is the obligation to love one another. The obligation to love one another. Why is that? Well, Paul tells us that it's because one who loves his neighbor has fulfilled the law. So we're not only supposed to love one another. Surely, if we're able to to love other believers the way that we've been instructed to, uh, it's not too far of a stretch to command that we demonstrate love to all people, whether they're believers in Jesus or not. To love one another means to love someone that you have a lot of things in common with. The Greek word that gets translated as neighbor here literally means another or one of a different kind. So this is referring to someone who doesn't have a lot in common with you. Maybe they're different in race or culture. Maybe they're different in their theology. Maybe they're different in their political views. Regardless of of what the differences might be, the command and the obligation is the same. Love them. As Chuck Swindoll says, with love, difference should make no difference. Love should be the one obligation that we should never feel as if we've completely met, because God's love has been poured out on us in a way that we could never come close to completely deserving. We couldn't even deserve a billionth of it. By being free of owing anyone anything, we're free to give and to love freely as God has extended his providence toward us and loved us freely. He blesses us in order that we may be a blessing to others. And that's really hard to do if we owe people more than we have. Let's pray. God, we thank you so much for this time. We thank you that your word speaks so clearly on this issue that we belong to you, and that everything that we have belongs to you. God, I just pray that you'll teach us to be good stewards. Help us to make wise decisions, uh, whether those be financial or otherwise, so that we don't owe anybody anything other than the obligation to love them, because you loved us, and that's what you've commanded us to do. Help us to see people with your eyes, and to love people with the love that you have for this world. God, we thank you so much for this time. We pray that you will bless and preserve so this message. In Jesus' name, amen. Take me want me to go this message has been brought to you so by BibleStudyPodcast.org. We are a listener-supported ministry. If this is your first time listening to us, we thank you so much for joining us, and we ask nothing further from you. But if this is a ministry that you rely on for regular spiritual teaching, we do depend on your financial support to keep us going and growing. If you'd like to make a donation to BibleStudyPodcast.org to keep us going and reaching thousands of people around the world, you can go to our website, BibleStudyPodcasts.com. 
org, and you can make a donation on the right-hand side by clicking on the support box. Again, we do rely on your support, and we thank you so much for your financial participation in this ministry, which enables us to continue in our mission of teaching timeless truths in these truthless times. God bless you. Thank you so much for listening today, and keep going closer to Jesus. In the springtime, they open and bloom. It's that moment the sun breaks through a stormy afternoon. Stars in the night sky, rain on the grass. Such beautiful moments.